reason we're out on the reason we're out on the grass today is because, well, one of the main reasons is because they got a whole whole auditorium over there in the PA set up with the drama. Oh, thanks, thanks, mate. Don't get too too energetic out on the green. Um, so we thought we'd come out and and do a, a do a day out on the green. Uh, so it's a bit weird speaking through a microphone and then there's people everywhere. We actually thought, oh, the middle middle of winter. If it's a nice sunny day, it's going to be really nice. But as you can see, while like we're looking for shade, it's already it's already warm. So, um, yeah, welcome to our our talk on the green. Um, if you feel like you're a long way away, you're most welcome to come up a bit closer. Um, but you can't can't Caitlin, do that. Um, anyway, but if you're happy where you are and you're in the shade, that's cool too. We'll we'll just make that work. Um, today we are starting a new series. It's only a couple of weeks we're going to do this for. I just didn't notice, notice you down there before, Holly and Nate. That's very, very relaxed. That's that's what we like to see. Uh, very relaxed in the beanbag there. Um, so we're we're doing a a couple of weeks, and what we're going to be talking about is prayer, and we haven't given it any fancy names. It's just there's two weeks we're talking about prayer, um, and I don't know what it is that comes to mind uh, when I first say the word prayer. Like, and you think, okay, now here's this guy who. Um, I really do feel the need for a little bit extra distance, but that's okay. Uh, what first comes to mind when someone like me stands up at a church and talks about prayer? Um, and I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what sort of what sort of things uh, you know are conjuring up in your in your mind. Whether it's like, oh yeah, we sort of heard this all before, and um, you know that's sort of what we meant to do, and and all that sort of stuff. I guess. You know, we we we, you know, you come to a church, and we're talking about prayer, and and it's sort of like one of those core things that people often stand up and say, you know, you should read your Bible more, and you should pray more, and you should be praying every day, and and a lot of people give you these little formulas or potential little acronyms or something like that, you know, to help you remember how to pray or something like, that. and that's and that's all good, not bagging that at all, but but it's sort of like a a core, I guess a core core value or a core thing that we do as a church or as a group of people, but like, if I was being really honest, and probably if I asked you to be really honest, which I'm not going to ask you to be really honest, so you're okay, um, but if I was asking you to be really honest, most people here would probably say, yeah, I, I probably would like to be able to pray better, or be able to pray more than I do, or, or you know, my prayer life's probably not like, like, you hear great stories about people who can just have these amazing things that they pray for, and, and, and then... I never get that. I never see that. Hey, Simo, can I ask you to... Well, let's clip another one together. Is that all right? Or maybe clip one of them and bring it over. Thanks, mate. Sorry. Um, so, so yeah, so this morning what I, what I want to talk about is is prayer. And I guess I guess along the way we, like I said before, we often, we often struggle. We often struggle with the whole, with the whole prayer idea. I want, to, I want to start off this morning by... By telling you a story, and I know I know a couple of you here have heard this story in a different setting, but uh, I guess this is this is the one thing that I prayed more about than anything else. I can honestly say I prayed about this more than absolutely anything else uh, that I've ever that I've ever prayed about. And 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 what happened was I was actually I was actually in ministry doing doing ministry stuff. I was living in Tasmania, and which we certainly, if you're in Tasmania today, we wouldn't be meeting outside on the grass. Just saying. Um, it's way too cold for that. But I was down there, and and I guess ministry got the better of me, and I was struggling uh, to, 
yeah, to, just to see myself doing that forever. So, long story. Excellent. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see that? That's like that's, that's like a little jig thing we got going there. That's better. Now I can actually sort of look at people's eyeballs and actually see who you are. Um, so, so I was down in, down in Tassie, and we left Tassie, and I wanted to go back to the farm. I was a farm boy for those rare people who may not know that's what I am. Just, uh, and I wanted to go back farming, but I still wanted to do ministry. I won't give you the, all the details, but the long, long and the short of it was I wanted a farm of my own. And so I started to pray for it and go, God, I really would like a farm uh, of my own. That way I can uh, still work, do an income, support the family, all that sort of stuff, but I can still do ministry in my own way and still be a part, an active part of a community, you know, be involved in different things. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I, I prayed like for hours. I'm talking literally not hours a day, but like, you know, for maybe hours a day, for over weeks, months, and I'm praying. But the problem was I actually didn't have any money and, and farms do cost a fair bit to buy. And so that didn't actually happen. But then I wanted thought, well, what I'll do is I'll get a job where where I can still work as it, like maybe as a manager of a farm and I can still uh, operate as a you know, as if it was my own and I can still do ministry on the site, to have that flexibility, still do ministry. And so I was praying again. And I remember I remember talking to Sarah and saying, Come on, Sarah, you need to pray as well. You know, we need to have faith because the more you pray, you know, God's gonna be able to, you know, God's gonna listen and, and we're gonna have enough faith and, and it and it and it sort of wasn't coming until I found this job that I looked in the paper and I found this job and it was just like the it was it was as if I had written the job description. It was just like it was perfect. Everything that I wanted was just there and I just went, This is it. This is an amazing opportunity. And so I rang up and, and we had an interview over the phone with this guy and he was really keen. I'm thinking, mate, this is it. It's all fallen into place. This is what God, this is, where, this is the one we've been waiting for. I just had to wait long enough, have enough faith, all this sort of stuff. And, and pray long enough and pray hard enough and, and, and things would work out. And this is going to be that great story that I can you know, share with people to say how great it is that when God, you know, when you really pray hard, that, that God comes through. And so we're praying and eventually... Uh, this guy, he, he sort of basically gave me the job over the phone, but he said, look, look, we need to catch up and you need, you know, we need to actually eyeball each other. And yeah, of course, of course. But over, there was a whole series of, of events that took place over the next nearly two months that just led from one thing to another to where he started to go a bit cold. And I'm like, oh, come on, God, it means obviously I'm not praying enough. You know, so I'm praying, praying. I'm just praying so much about this job. And... And I know God's got it sorted out, but it's just not working out. And then I was actually sitting in a church. I was living up in Toowoomba at the time. I'm sitting in this church, and this guy's telling this story in church, right? And I'm sitting here starting to feel a bit deflated, starting to feel like, where is God? Like, I've been praying my little heart out, like praying more than I've ever prayed about anything before. And, not, and it's just sort of not quite happening. It's not quite coming together. And then I'm sitting in this, in this church service, and it's talking, and this guy tells this story. And this story is about a... A pastor who who travels around and speaks at lots of different you know sort of big gigs around around the country. He was a guy from the states, and and he's, this is the story this guy was telling. And I'm sitting in the seat like you guys are now, probably not quite as comfortable, um, but I'm sitting sitting there listening to this story. And the story goes that this guy was uh, had to had to go and, and do this major talk. There was thousands of people sort of waiting for him. He had to catch one flight and then catch a connecting flight, and 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 then he was going to be speaking that evening so he only had a couple of hours sort of spare time but his first plane was snowed in and he was delayed so clearly not in Australia um, clearly not in Brisbane airport but his first plane was delayed and and it was like you know was he going to get off in time and eventually the plane took off and he 
he had to run to catch the connecting flight. And so he runs, he, he just literally runs down the, you know, down the air, through the airport, down into the next gate. And as he runs to his gate to get the connecting flight, knowing that if he missed that flight, he, re he won't meet his, meet his preaching appointment that, that afternoon, that evening. And, and so he runs, and, he, and, he, and as he gets there, just as he gets there, the gates are closed, just closed, and the plane is just starting to move off. And he's just sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness. Like, here I am trying to give everything I have to God, and yet, like, this bad stuff happens. Like, you know, I'm not here selfishly. I'm not here trying to do my own thing. I just really am trying to live for God, but it's still not coming off. And... And I'm sort of start, starting to identify with this, thinking, well, that's what I'm trying to do, right? I'm trying to give myself, and I'm praying this stuff, and I'm trying to give my, give my life to God and, and sort of do, do the things that I would, you know, the dreams that I have for God and, and follow through with that sort of stuff. And, and then this guy, he said, he, this, back to this story, he's sitting, in the, he's sitting in, the, in the lounge in the airport, and this voice comes to him, and basically it says, whatever his name was, you know, do you believe that I could bring that plane back in? And he, thought, and he, looked, he sort of half looked around. There was no, it wasn't an audible voice, but yet he heard this voice. It seemed to be really clear. That, oh, man, that's like God talking to me. And it's a true story. And, and, and this guy thinks, yeah, of course you can. You know, you're God. Like, if that was you, God, like, yeah, you know, that was pretty clear. That was pretty obvious. I believe that, of course, you're, of course you could bring that plane back in because, because you're God. You can do all things. And, and this guy still looks out the window as the plane, plane continues to get pushed out and starts to... You know, towards its, towards where it'll travel down the ta you know, taxi down the runway, all that sort of stuff. And then he's sitting there, he looks up and thinks, well, of course you can do it, but like, you know, what is it? Do I not have enough faith, or what is it? But like, and then he said, and then the story goes, he heard this second, um, this second message came to him. And he said, well, you believe, you believe that I can do it, but do you believe that I will do it? And I'm sitting there listening to this story. I'm thinking, that's me. Do I believe God can give me this job? Yeah, of course I do, but do I believe he will? Like, is it, is it that I don't have enough faith? Or is it, like, what is it about this, this prayer thing that in my life? And this guy started saying, you know, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, God, if I doubt, you know, if I haven't got enough faith. And, and he starts praying. He's, he's, he's apologizing to God that maybe he hasn't got enough faith. And then he looks up and he sees his plane coming back in. And, and, and he'd already had a few words with one of the... Uh, uh, the, the airline personnel there on the gate and he was already trying to argue with them saying you need to be on that plane so they sort of knew that he wanted to get on it and they said sorry it's all too late and then this lady comes and taps him on the shoulder and says uh, you wouldn't believe what happened but there was someone on that plane that had a set of keys in their pocket uh, to, the, to the car they drove that someone else was going to drive home and the pilots agreed to actually come back in and get the keys off and the door's going to be open so if you want to get on there's an opportunity and so this guy, you know, fairy tale ending, jumps on his plane, makes a trip, all that sort of stuff. And I'm just there sitting there. I'm sitting, listening to this story thinking, I don't have enough faith. That's my problem. I, or, I, I mustn't be praying long enough or I'm praying the wrong things because this, this job that I wanted to have hasn't come off. And, and maybe, it's, maybe it's me. So I'm, I start praying even more. And in fact, I thought, well, you know what? I need to believe that God will do this for me. I need to have all the faith, you know, that God's going to do this for me. And... And so I started to tell people, people would ask, oh, how'd that, how'd that job go? Did you end up getting that job or what's happened? And I started to say, yeah, no, I got the job. Oh, good, excellent. When do you start? Oh, not sure yet because they haven't actually said that I got the job. But I know I've got the job. God's told me I've got the job, right? And I'm like, I'm, I'm putting myself out on the limb here. I'm just going right out, right? I've got this job. God's, God's got it sorted for me. Just the guy hasn't sort of figured that out yet. Like the boss hasn't told me that. But I know that I've got the job. And they go, all right, a bit weird, but okay. And then I went home, and no word of a lie, I started packing up. Like, I started getting boxes and putting stuff in our house, in our boxes. And Sarah's going, what are you doing now? I said, well, we're moving soon, you know. Like, so I legit did this. I thought, mate, there's no way 
that God can say that I didn't have enough faith because I'm putting everything out there. A few weeks later, I ring the boss, who I thought was my boss. I ring this guy and uh, he said, nah, sorry, mate, uh, things have changed. I don't really need you anymore. Never got the job. I'm just sitting there thinking, what the heck? Like, how does that work? You know, here I am. I think that I've got stuff sorted. And if I think if I pray enough and I'm doing stuff, I'm putting myself out there for God. But still nothing. I still have nothing at all. And, and sometimes, like, our prayers, when we pray, we, we, sometimes it works. And we all hear those stories of, of people who, you know, have, have amazing answers to prayer. And, they, and, and, they're, and they're legit. Don't get me wrong. Not bagging that at all. Because I've had those as well where you just go, man, I know that God got that, got that to happen. I know that it was God was involved in that. And then there's other times where, you know, maybe family members have, you know, turned ill or something like that and, or young children get sick or something. You think, man, that can't be God's will. And we just, we just pray enough and we send out texts to all our friends and, and they pray as well. And you think, you know, we're going to pray this one out and, and it turns out bad. And we just think, where is God in all that? And I don't know where you're at exactly with your prayer life, you know, as is often described if you've been around Christian circles. But, off, you know, what is prayer? You know, we talk about prayers, talking to God and all that sort of stuff. And I don't, know, I don't know how it is for you, but sometimes I could probably take a bit of a stab in the dark and know that, that all of us at times have had those periods in our life when, when it feels like, well, I don't even know why we bother praying. If you've ever even prayed, like, why do you, like, you know, we pray, but sort of just nothing seems to happen. Nothing seems to come off. And, and so what, what I thought we'd do today, because I've got a longer lead, I'll just come a little bit close to you, Cameron. Thanks, mate. Uh, what I thought we'd do today is just have a little bit of a look at, a fresh look at prayer. And what that and what that sort of means. Um, as, as we were talking about before, probably all of us have probably had a go at it sometime. Probably have tried to to pray, and may have worked, may not have worked. Some of maybe some of you here are like you know just every day you're praying and you're doing things. You have this real close connection, and that's that's that is that is genuinely fantastic. And then the, I I would hazard a guess that probably. I was being real honest, probably the majority of us are like, yeah, I know I should pray, but like I feel like, I f- like yeah, I know I should, but just just doesn't happen. And things get in the way, um, you know, you get up late, you stay up late, you work, school, all that sort of stuff. Things just, things just happen, and where do you find the time for that? And even then when I do really try and make the time, it's just like, I don't know, it just seems like I'm just talking to no one. And it doesn't really, doesn't do anything for me. You know, I tried it, but it just... It's just, I suppose we should not. And you nearly, and you nearly feel guilty about it. And sometimes we're driven to prayer just because, because we should. Because, well, that's what people like Neil stand up the front of places like Refresh and say, you know, you guys should be praying. And, and if you're not praying, that really is a reflection on your, you know, on your spiritual journey and all. It's like, puts the guilt, and you think, well, I suppose I really owe God this. I really, you know, it's like, God wants this, so I need to do this in order to sort of keep God happy or something like that. And we sort of, and sometimes we're motivated to pray just because we feel that's, that's maybe what we should do. Because if I want to be a Christian, then that's... But I want to, like I said before, have a, have a little bit of a fresh look at, at prayer and, and I guess look at it from the perspective of what Jesus taught. So if you've got a Bible, we haven't got the big screen up here, obviously, so we haven't got the, the Scripture up on the screen, but if you've got a Bible or your phone or whatever you've got there, Matthew chapter 6. Now, this is, this is like the whole classic, okay? So if you're going to talk on prayer, 
where are you going to go? We're going to go to the Lord's Prayer, okay? So we've got nothing too new as far as that's concerned, but we are going to have a bit of a fresh and new look at, at what this says. So in Matthew chapter 6, this is, a, this is a story of the Lord's Prayer. And for those who may not have been Christ, around Christian circles too long, this is a prayer where um, it, uh, Jesus' disciples, so Jesus' closest companions, the ones who he's trying to sort of teach and, and share and, and really get them to take on what's, you know, what's really happening here, they come to Jesus and they say to Jesus, teach us how to pray. Now that's interesting in itself um, because if you think about these guys, these disciples, they're all, they're all Jewish fellas. Like they're, they're Jewish. They've been, they're, they were born in God-fearing homes. They were born into, these, into a whole culture where, where religion was so important and no doubt at all that, that prayer was part of that. So these guys would have been praying or saying prayers since the time they, they could talk, since the time they were young. Um, you know, just like we do here at school when you bring kids into the prep school, preppy room or we're doing down here in, in Sprouts, you know, we're teaching people how to, teaching kids how to pray. Great thing, good thing. But these guys are obviously, they've been doing this, but there must be something about the way Jesus prays because they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, these are grown men, Jesus teaches how to pray. Jesus obviously has something a little bit special, something a little bit different. The way he talks, the way he speaks with his Father in heaven, is, is like it's not normal. It's not just the normal prayer. It's not the, it's not the rote learnt prayer, you know, like it's not just the thing you have to do, but there's something genuine, there's something sincere about what's happening here. So these guys come to him and say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so Jesus starts up, and, it, and we're going to go to verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6, uh, for those who are following along. And he says this, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Okay, so his first few lines are, this is what I don't want you to do. Which the disciples come to him and say, teach us how to pray. And the first things that come out of his mouth are, this is what you shouldn't do. All right, so this is what probably happens quite a bit. This is probably what you see every, you know, on a day-to-day basis. But this is, what, this is what you need to avoid. Okay, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing, uh, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. All right, and you think about, okay, let's, let's fast forward a couple of thousand years uh, to 2015. I actually don't see that many people standing on the street corners praying. I'm not sure if you do uh, or if you have seen those sort of people. And if you have ever actually seen those people, probably what you'd want to do is if you're wearing like a you know, maybe a cross necklace or anything that might identify you as a Christian, you probably hide that and go to the other side of the, you know, or the other side of the street because you don't want to be associated with that sort of person at all, right? So you think they're quite possibly, if someone's preaching or praying on a corner out loud in the middle of the street, you're probably thinking, okay, a bit weird. All right, so that's probably, probably what happens. So you probably don't see that. So that's probably not such a, such a big issue for us. I don't, I sort of, I just don't see that too often. Um, so he says, but he goes on, I'll tell you the truth, they have already received their reward in full. In other words, Jesus saying, like, for those guys who, who want to make a big deal about who they are just by praying, like, good on them. Like, there's nothing to that. Like, they've already received their reward. People think they're fantastic, beauty, but that's all they're going to get out of it. Just approval by man, not by God. All right, then he goes on. But when you pray, go into your room. In other words, go into a Go into, a, go into a closed room. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. 
He said, it's a private thing. Prayer is a, if you want that real connection, prayer. He said, it's not about putting yourself out there in public or making a big noise or about saying the, saying the right words. It's about knowing you're in a thoughts. It's about, it's about a personal connection. Go into a room where no one else can see you and that's where you start to talk to the Father. Now even, uh, well go on, who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, this is verse 7, I'll keep going. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. They think that they will be heard because of their many words. When I read that, when I read that actually too, when I was talk, thinking about putting this talk together, I started thinking about that first story I told you about how I prayed more than anything else. And I started to think, yeah, maybe that was me a little bit, you know, like the babbling words, like, you know, I was just praying and praying and praying and thinking, if I just pray enough, if I can get like enough volume of prayer out there, surely God's going to change his mind. Surely it's going to be, surely it's going to be something that God's going to have favor on. If I just, if I can say it enough times or if we can get enough people to say enough prayers, then that's going to change God's mind somehow. But Jesus here, he turns around and he says, the pagans, that's what they do. And the pagans, they, they obviously worshipped all different types of gods. He said, they, they start babbling, they start going on and on, going, you know, saying these rope burnt prayers and, and, and shouting loudly and, and doing little dances, whatever it might be. But that was, their, that was their idea of how I communicate to God, that if I can shout loud enough, then God's going to hear. Or if I can say it enough times, then God's going to eventually get sick of me and take note. He says, don't be like the pagans. They think they will be heard. They think that God's going to stand up and take notice just because they do it a lot. Now, I'm not saying don't pray or if you feel like praying, you know, for an extended period of time, that's not on. But if the motivation is just, well, I think I need to just keep praying and praying and praying and praying and praying just before, just so God can take note of what I want to say, no, it doesn't work like that. Don't be like them, this is verse 8, don't be like them for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. That's sort of, this is before before it gets into what to actually pray for. Jesus says that the father, that God actually knows what you need even before. And I'm thinking back to that story I talked about myself wanting this job on the farm and he already knew, like, you know this whole this whole idea of speaking over and over and like he actually he actually already knows what we need so so if he already knows what we need then why bother praying at all like, have you ever thought about that like if god if god actually already needs already knows what our needs are then what's the point of prayer like we don't we don't have to convince him we don't have to persuade him we don't have to try and 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 sh- tell him what our needs are and convince him that they're actually important enough for him to actually act on because already he knows he already knows what we need even before we open our mouth interesting huh all right and then he goes on he says this is this is how you should pray and he starts it with, and this is, if you've been around Christian circles for a while, um, you've heard this maybe a thousand times, and maybe you've said this prayer a thousand times yourself. Um, if you're new to this sort of stuff, maybe you haven't heard it, but all the same, this is, this is something that's sort of, I guess, talked about a lot when it talks about the topic of prayer. 
But we're going to, like I said before, have a bit of a fresh look at that. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. First of all, we, we talk about our Father. Now, our Father is, I guess that word Father is, is pretty loaded in that if we look to a, a, you know, a, an ideal Father, and I guess not all of us have that ideal perfect Father, but uh, many of us may too, but that ideal father, we probably all have a picture of what an ideal father is, is going to look like. You know, someone who takes care of people, someone who uh, provides, someone potentially who may, who may discipline appropriately, but someone who, who, you know, may be an authority figure. But someone who is really actually quite intimate and quite close and has your very best interests at heart. And, and I guess when we look at this, quite often, like if... if if I asked you to to say what your normal content of your prayer is, and, and I guess it's pretty easy because we're sitting here around school around school school rooms, and you get and you listen. It's pretty interesting listening to little kids pray. You know, it's just like, uh, dear Jesus. You know, we can nearly all say it. What's the next word? What's the first thing a little kid often will pray about? Dear Jesus, thanks for. What are they often thankful? Go on, you can, you can. Thank you for a lovely day. Thank you for a good day, right? And it's pouring rain and freezing cold outside, but thanks for the lovely day. And that's great to be positive. That's awesome. But, you know, like quite often it's like, dear Jesus, thanks for the lovely day. And, and you know, and they're straight into everything that they need and want. All right. So, and, and that's, that's quite often what we do. Quite often it's, hey, God, you know, like, dear God, um, you know, we've got a, got a mass test coming up. Haven't stated it all for it. Need a miracle. Thank you. That'd be great. Um, quite, you know, or it's, or it's, you know, dear God, like there's this thing going down at work. Don't want to be there. Help me get a new job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's often, as soon as we open our mouths, often it's dear God, can I please give me, can I now? All those sort of things start coming out. Give me, give me, give me, please, please, please. Can I, can I? That's typically how we often pray. But here Jesus turns around and he says, this is the first thing I want you to do. I want you to, I, want you to, I guess, declare how awesome God is. To acknowledge and to recognize how fantastic God is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's what my New International Version says. And, and that word hallowed, you think, yeah, don't use that a lot. What's that, what, what, is that, what does that word mean? But that word hallowed... Or holy be your name, hallowed be your name, depends on what version of the Bible you've got on your phone or you, you're reading. But that, that whole word is this concept that, you know what, Jesus, Jesus is alluding to that God is something, something very, very big, something very, very special. That hallowed is like separated, is big, is, is glorious, is, is separated, is like... So the first thing, I guess, Jesus was trying to point out that when you, when you start praying, don't go anywhere in your prayer until you recognize how awesome God is. Don't start, don't start this gimme, gimme, gimme stuff until you recognize, until you understand, until you have back in your memory, back in your mind that, you know what, the Father in heaven, this, this figure who is so intimately invested in you, who so desperately wants you to be part of his family, he's huge, he's great, he's, he's big, but yet at the same time, he's, the, he's a father who, who just who understands, who already knows what you need and wants to provide that. Kind of cool, yeah? And I don't know about you, and, and I'm guilty of this myself. Don't, there's, no, there's no like, oh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm good at this and I'm the authority. 
I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of just rushing into the prayer going, oh, God, I really need your help right about now. I'm in trouble and I need. Or I'm in trouble and I want. Or I'd really like. How often do we sit back and say, God, I just want to recognize and I just want to acknowledge how great you are. I want to declare, I want, I want this to come out of my lips, just how wonderful it is to have you and to know you. I want, to, I want to declare how glorious you are. And you can use all different types of words to do that. But that first step that Jesus in this model, and now this is not necessarily a script that you have to run to, like absolutely perfect and just say the, the same prayer, you know, word for word over and over because that's going to become meaningless as well. But, but here this model, this, this way of praying is, is this first thing is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want to stop and I want to recognize just how great you are. That's the first thing. That's the first thing that wants to come out of my lips. And then he goes on and he says something a little bit, bit, bit else interesting here. He says, uh, your kingdom come. Now, I guess for all of us, we all have a kingdom. Uh, we, 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 you know, my kingdom's probably 176 Belmere Road in Belmere. That's probably my kingdom. And then my extended kingdom, maybe, you know, my sphere of influence amongst my children and maybe my work and different things. So we all have a kingdom, you know, we all have a house. We all have a, a we all have stuff that we want. And here... Jesus is, is going, he says, your kingdom come. In other words, it's not just about, it's not about me, it's about you. And when Jesus is instructing the disciples here on how to pray, he's saying, I want you to be able to recognize the Father's kingdom as a priority over your kingdom. And again, don't get off your knees, don't stop praying, or don't go, don't go anywhere else until you can recognize that it's not about you that it's not about me feeling like a king it's about recognizing that there is someone who is much more powerful out there so it's your kingdom come your will be done we all have a will we all have desires we all have wants it's all that like we said from the start it's all that give me can i please now um you know please please this is what i really want but it's it's about your will god and it's a very different way of approaching it because it, it, the very thing, if we start off with that, then, then our wants, our desires, our needs come as a second and we're acknowledging who God is. We're acknowledging that he has a kingdom, he has a will and it's something that we would like to be a part of, that we want to, to see happen. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What would the result be? What would the result be of, of us truly and sincerely understanding that? Truly and sincerely understanding that if we could go, God, your kingdom and your will is priority over my kingdom and over my will. And if we can actually truly and sincerely not go anywhere in our prayer life, not go anywhere with what we're talking about until we can actually say, your will be done, your will first, not mine, then no matter what happens after that, I guess, if we truly believe that God's there, then there's going to be a, the result's going to be peace. There's going to be a peace that, that we know that whatever God decides to do, we're actually living in his plan, living his will, not our own. And so there's, I guess, to start this, and I guess you can draw a bit of a line here between these first few, first few words, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, you know, saying how great God is, uh, your will be done, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. 
So this is like, this is all about God. First and foremost, I want you to recognize God. I want to recognize how big God is and, and, and who he is and, and how great it is to, to have him in your life. And then, and then he talks to talk about, he says, give us a day, a daily bread. And I guess that probably is a bit of a throwback to, to the times of Moses when they got out and they ate manna, um, you know, on a daily basis. And quite often, probably it's a good thing for us. We think, oh, that's, you know, God takes care of our needs. Well, you know what? Maybe it's a little bit more than that. Maybe it's actually God saying, you need to remember that God takes care of your needs. Because quite often, and let's face it, many of us, maybe not every single person, but pretty much every, probably everyone here um, taking a guess, um, every, pretty much everyone we know taking another guess is pretty self-sufficient. Just saying. You know, there's probably not a lot of people who are going, I don't know where I'm going to get lunch today. All right, we all sort of, we, we're pretty self-sufficient. And when we talk about this, oh, you know, give us today our daily bread. Well, you know what? If I'm being real honest, I sort of know where that is. It's in a, you know, it's, it's in an esky in the back of my car already. You know, like I know where it's coming from. But do we recognize and do we stop and actually think and thank God that he's given us that? Give us this day our daily bread. That he's actually providing, that he's giving us the provisions for our life. Then he goes on to, to something interesting. We're talking about the, the whole prayer thing here, and he says, "Forgive us our debts, as we forgive those who, or we, as we forgive our debtors." Or if you're in a different version, might be sins or, or something like that. And it's interesting to think what that really means. So we're going through the structure of our prayer here, and when you think about bad stuff, and Bible often describes it as sin, here and particularly here in this in this passage here in Matthew. Uh, it talks about sin being a debt and it's something to repay and and if you think of sin like that if you think of when you when someone does something bad to you um, they owe you something right like you know they owe you an apology or they owe you restitution or they you know they they owe you or if you do something bad to someone else well you owe them you owe them you need to make it up but here Jesus is saying forgive us our debts so he's other words to the father saying forgive us our debts the stuff I've done wrong, the way I've ripped you off, God, I'm asking that you could wipe that clean. Because there are certain things that you can't actually make up. You can't, you know, you can't make up a bad reputation. Or you can, there is, you know, if you stole something, well, you can give it back. But there are probably many other things that you do that you can't actually give back. And so what you're actually doing is you're actually asking God, you're saying, God, uh, all that stuff that I've ripped, ripped you off in, the time that I've misrepresented you, the times that I've done the wrong thing or whatever it might be, I'm, I'm actually asking you to, to wipe the slate clean. I'm actually asking if you could take all that away from me and, and that we can start again. And that's pretty cool. And he does that. But what's even more, I guess, interesting and probably more challenging for us is in the same breath, Jesus says, as we forgive those who sin against us or we forgive our debtors. In other words, before we get off our knees, what we need to be able to do is actually to wipe the slate clean for those people who have ever done anything bad towards us. You know, it's actually real easy, sort of thing, I guess you might say, real easy to say to God, I'm real sorry. And we can probably get, oh, God, I'm real sorry. And genuinely, you know, sincerely, genuinely, I'm real sorry. I've done some dodgy stuff. I'm sorry about that. I really don't want to do that again. And that's cool. But to actually stay on your knees until you've forgiven every other person, that's not easy. That's tough. That can be pretty... That can, but all of a sudden, this prayer that Jesus is teaching us, or teaching his disciples that recorded and that we can use, all of a sudden, this becomes pretty... It's sort of hitting between the eyes. 
this is this is a pretty hard hitting thing. This is a pretty hard thing to do. This is a pretty sincere and genuine. It's not about it's not about well if I need to get to heaven, well I just have to say these prayers five times a day or something like that, or you know every time I do this or every time I do that, then this is the prayer I've got to say. And and if I do this, I'm sweet. I'm out of here. No, this is sincere stuff. This is like this is real genuine stuff. This is not just this is not just say I'm sorry and you know just to just to empty out the the sin bag. And off you go and fill it up again and come back tomorrow and say, look, I'm sorry again, you know, with no, with no real intent on, on making it, you know, on being different. This is actually pretty hard-hitting stuff. And to think that, you know, maybe we shouldn't move on in our prayer, maybe we shouldn't go anywhere until we're really genuinely prepared, A, to say sorry to Jesus, to say sorry to our Father, and B, to actually forgive those people who have done bad stuff to us before they even ask. Verse 13, And lead us not into temptation. Bit of a weird thing to say. Um, maybe it's lost in translation, maybe it's lost in culture, but you'd think, I don't think Jesus really needs us to lead us into temptation. We could probably do that all by ourselves. Like, you know, we're probably pretty good at that, doing the wrong thing, you know. Hey, you know, hey Lord, you don't, no, no help necessary here. But, but what he's really saying is, you know, deliver us from the evil one. Can you protect us? And this is, this is the prayer. This is the prayer that Jesus gives. Can you protect us from bad stuff? Can you protect us from being led into doing dodgy stuff or from dodgy stuff happening? And, and that's the model. That's the prayer. Deliver us from evil. D-S-A all right, DSA. Now, there's lots of little acronyms. There's lots of little, you know, you're looking, I've, I've seen a whole heap. I've used a whole heap of different little things that, you know, help us to remember how to, you know, how to formulate a little prayer or how to remember what to pray for. And, you know, I've, like I said, I've used numerous ones. I've even taught our taught kids here at school different different little ways to, to remember how to pray and maybe how to make it a bit more meaningful. Um, but if you think of DSA... Standing for, don't start off asking. All right, so when we're praying, don't start, don't just go, dear God, uh, can I please? But instead, actually saying, God, I'm going to declare. Now, what, what you can stand for, D, and I haven't got it up here on a board, so maybe help you remember, but, but D, declaring how great God is. S, surrendering to actually saying, God, I truly want your will to be done not my own. And A is acknowledging that God is our provider. And and then we get to ask God for those other things. So if we if we as a group of people were able to sincerely, really sincerely say, God, I just want absolutely everything that you want. I want your will to be done. I acknowledge that you're so fantastic. I declare to myself and anyone else around me how great you are. Uh, I surrender myself to you. I surrender my will to you. My 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 desires, my kingdom, is secondary to yours. And I acknowledge that you are the provider. I acknowledge that you are the one that can forgive. That you provide stuff for us. And if we started to actually make a connection with God, if we actually got up in the morning and we did that on a daily basis, you know, sometimes I know myself, and and I've talked to when I do Bible studies here with kids, it's the same thing. What do you pray for? And they're like, oh, I don't know, just 
thanks for the lovely day and a couple of things. And all of a sudden, you know, two minutes later, they're like, I've got nothing left. Like, I don't know, what else do you pray for? Like, you know, and, and, and that's how often we feel. It's like a couple of minutes later, we're like, oh, man, you know, these people always talk about we should be praying, but like, I don't know, what's left? I don't know, there's nothing. But all of a sudden, if we start following this little model, all of a sudden, if we're starting to declare how awesome and you start thinking, all right, how am I going to describe God as awesome? And you start thinking about that. How, how am I going to surrender my life? And you think about what you're going to do today and how, that, how you want to surrender your life to God and how you can acknowledge that, that God is providing for you. All of a sudden, you're, you're thinking, oh, stuff, it's half an hour later and I've got to go. It's, it's a completely different way of doing prayer. And it's that connection with, with God that really can bring meaning into your spiritual life. And, yeah, you can, I guess, do Christianity without it. And, and, but it's, there's something not there. There's something a bit missing. And I guess it would be my prayer for you guys that you can have something much more meaningful, meaningful than that. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to declare. We want to say how great and awesome you are. Uh, we want to say, hey, thanks for the lovely day because you have turned, you know, we, you have turned out a great one for us here, and we, we're sitting here, and we can look around even because we're sitting outside, and and just the grass under our toes, and the trees, and and the clouds, and all that sort of stuff, and realise that you are an awesome creator, and, and you are much bigger than we can even imagine, and we just want to say thanks for that. Um, we we do want to surrender. We want to be secondary to your will, and you know. To be able to, I guess, bend towards you, to be able to, to mould our lives into yours is going to be much better than trying to mould you into our lives and it's going to be much greater when we actually uh, follow your ways. And Lord, we just want to say thank you, ask you for forgiveness. We want to say thank you for what you provide and um, yeah, we just, we ask you that today that it is absolutely your will that is done and that uh, you can just bring us to a, a place where we just sincerely and genuinely um, just talk with you and communicate with you and have that relationship. Thanks, Lord. Amen. All right. All right. Well, thank you. See my pointing at me. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for sharing your.